Hello and welcome to episode two of the Football Engine from Bundesliga podcast. I'm Laura and this is my co-host Melly. Hello. And today we're joined by Yasmina Schweimler, a well-known journalist who really gives it her all when it comes to the Frauen Bundesliga. We're really glad to have you here, Yasmina. Would you like to give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself and how you got into the world of women's football journalism? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, and thanks for the nice introduction. I'm actually impressed how you pronounce my name. People usually struggle with that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I mean, there's not much to say, really. I'm 27, I live near Wolfsburg, and um, I've been in the journalism business since 2016. I was a fan, just like every other person out there, pretty much traveling around Germany to support the Wolfsburg women. And then I started blogging about them in English because I thought that's, you know, been lacking a bit. And then I got uh, requested by a local newspaper if I wanted to write about the Wolfsburg woman. And yeah, that's been my job ever since. And I don't want to go back, really. Like, I really enjoy it. I love it. It's my passion and um, wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because I think um, <clears throat> I think something that the Foreign Bundesliga really lacks is English coverage, and I think it's something that a lot of international fans um, really look towards. I know that uh, when I started, you know, kind of getting involved in the league and doing more, sort of getting more information about it out there, that I had a lot of requests from people going, you know, when, where, how. They're, they're interested, but it's it's not the most easily accessible place. So having That's having someone true. like you around, yes, is very much appreciated. I mean, I started in 2013 on Twitter by creating the Westbrook Women account. Like, that was my account back in the day. And I've been running it for years in English because I knew that there was an audience, you know, that was just getting no coverage of one of the best teams in the world. And, you know, it went so far that the club took it over from me and now they're really active on Twitter so you know I'm just glad that some clubs at least know that the audience is there but still like it's it's not even close to enough for uh, English fans yeah I agree I do personally you know myself I know Twitter has got the sort of translation option there but it would be nice to see a, a few clubs at least starting to post in English interacting with fans who aren't just based in Germany and stuff. Um, yeah, so for today, the reason we've asked you to join us is because um, we've kind of planned a little special episode around contract extensions, as there are quite a few, you know, big name players who are out of contracts coming the end of the season. So, um, yeah, uh, we, we're kind of going to 
dive into that a little bit later in the podcast. But firstly, I think the past two weeks in the league have been very exciting. So what I'd like to do is kind of uh, look at the past two match days and um, have a little overview of each game and uh, how everything is looking going into now that we're in the international break. Um, obviously starting with Bayer Leverkusen and SC Sand. Laura, what did what did you think of that game? Um, I thought it was a real interesting game in that Sand got a red card fairly, you know, early on into the game. Um, but they still were able to attack. I I thought that the game was over was going to be over for them once they got that red card, and it wasn't. Um. You know, and Leverkusen ended up only scoring two in the end. I agree. I think um, if if you look at the form Leverkusen is in this season, you kind of expect them to to score more goals to keep them up on the table where they are. But SC Sun seems to be quite surprising against the bigger teams this season. Uh, Yasmina, how do you think things are looking for uh, Zant at the moment? You know, I think it's it's always the same with Sun. You never really know what to expect from them. So even though I think that they have the potential to stay in the league, I think for them the focus will be to avoid relegation because the results are just not coming and the performances, you know, have not been that great and not consistent enough. So, um, yeah, it will be really tough for them, I'm afraid. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, you're you're looking at the uh, the teams they're possibly going to be fighting re- relegation against, and um, it's a really tough heel for them because they're not getting those points against those teams either, which is what they really need to to stay up. Yeah, I I agree with both of you. All right, so our second game of match day five, we had Bayern versus Hoffenheim. Now we expected that to kind of be the top game of the weekend, and I think it really was um, an interesting match. Perhaps signs of fatigue starting to show for Hoffenheim already after um, after facing um, also after their Champions League games. Uh, very very dominant performance from Bayern, as you'd expect. Although you know players like Jule Brunt. Um, sort of changing things for Hoffenheim when she came on. I think Jule is having a, a very very good season. All around, um, Laura, what are you, what's your take on how Hoff- Hoffenheim looks in that game and sort of what they can do going forward to to shake this one off? Yeah, I definitely expected a little more out of Hoffenheim. Um, I think it was, you know, a little bit of an easier win for Bayern than they thought it was going to be. Um, as well as I agree that I think Yule LeBron was Hoffenheim's best player, and I I don't fully understand why she was not starting. It might have to do with um, fatigue, um, but once she came on, I think she totally changed the game for Hoffenheim. Yeah, definitely. I think if Hoffenheim uh, wanna want to keep fighting for that Champions League spot again, they need to to sort of brush themselves off and and um, just sort of continue. Yasmina, how do you how do you kind of interpret this game, Bayern and Hoffenheim, two two of the sort of bigger teams in the Bundesliga? Did you expect them? Did you expect such a a um a big result for Bayern this game? 
I think it was a very, you know, very good push for the confidence of Bayern Munich, like proving themselves against Hoffenheim, who are obviously one of the now best teams in the Bundesliga. So I did expect a result like that because Bayern are the best. Um, nothing to argue here, but um, I think Hoffenheim probably had the last game last season in mind a little bit. So they were hoping for something, but you know, in the, at the end of the day, the result was deserved and um, Hoffenheim will not look back and just keep pushing forward. Like it's not going to, not going to anger them much. Yeah, I agree. I think Hoffenheim's the type of team that will, will really learn a lot from a a loss against the top team, especially first Arsenal and now now Bayern. So, you know, I think they'll they'll kind of be okay going forward. Um Laura, do you want to jump into the next game, which I actually found to be Yes, fun. so looking at the next game, we had Carl Zeiss Jena versus SC Freiburg, which ended 1-5 in favor of Freiburg. Um, so just, you know, kind of looking at the match, you know, um, Freiburg's been really good so far this season and a lot better than last season. So, you know, Mel, do you want to talk a little bit about you know, kind of who's been Freiburg's standout and just how good were they this game? Oh, I think, um, you know, the natural leader, Keiichi, she's, she's been very, very impressive this season. Obviously, that um, giving her another sort of almost call up for the national team she is she was on call this time and I actually wouldn't mind seeing her get called up again she's a very talented player and I think she's a very crucial leader for Freiburg too um Yasmina what what is your take on Kaichi at the moment oh I've been a fan of her for a long time already and just like you said she's the key player she's the leader she's the one who pushes the team you know, who's a good example of, of working hard, you know, and never giving up considering uh, her past and the injuries she had to go through. So that's mm-hmm. a good good player to have in your team, especially when you have young players that, you know, need someone to look up to. Um, so, yeah, she's, she's definitely very important for them and uh, keeping her will be uh, crucial for them. Yeah, I agree, especially, you know, Freiburg is the, the type of team that you expect sort of these younger players to shine, but having a leader amongst them is really, really important for them. Um, Freiburg, they seem to sort of be in an okay position this season. They're they're winning the games they need to win to sort of keep them out of that relegation battle. So, you know, I think in general, Freiburg will be all right again this season. Well, we'll see how it goes for them. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I mean, they, they've kind of shown they can challenge a top team a little bit. Um, so I think that you know they, they won't be in that relegation battle, but I don't think they'll be quite challenging for one of the like top four. Yeah, I agree. Right, I mean, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, if you look at their draw to uh to Wolfsburg, sorry, Yasmina. <laughs> Um, I know that's fine. <laughs> Freiburg, you know, they, there's a lot of grit there. They um, there's a lot of fight on that team, and especially you know, young players with a lot of talent can they they've shown that they can really challenge just about anyone in the league. But it's it's consistency that they're they're lacking the most, I think. All right, so that's that on that game. the The next game for uh, match week five was Tabina Potsdam. Versus Werder Bremen. Potsdam, quite an unusual team this season. They seem to be scoring a lot of goals. Um, 
13 so far this season, which is just one less than what, what Wolfsburg have scored. However, they are still, you know, only three wins and two losses under their belts at, at that time. Um, I think, you know, key player for them right now, Selena Church, she, she's, she's on fire this season. And I think she's really fighting for a uh, a call-up to the national team, which is quite amazing for her, for another young striker. Um, Laura, what's, uh, what do you think about Chelsea? Do you think uh, a national team call-up in her future, perhaps? Oh, for sure. I definitely think, um, especially if you see the likes of either Schuler or Freigang get injured at any point in this season, right before a national team kind of break, I definitely think she will be the one that will be called up. Definitely. Um, I'm actually quite looking forward to the day that she does get a call up because she's an extremely talented young player. And, um, you know, if Potsdam don't hold on to her, then I can see quite a few clubs knocking at her door already. Um, Yasmina, what do you think? Do you think Churchy will uh, stay at Potsdam or perhaps, you know, kind of start looking outwards? Ah, That's a tough question. I I think that she's doing really well at Potsdam, finally. Um, She's a top talent. I think the the talent pool when it comes to strikers in Germany is, is, is very strong in general and she's really knocking on that door and like very close to that call up and you know, I think eventually for her, it will be important to also play on the international stage. And if Potsdam cannot provide that in the near future, then I think she might move on. But also it's a really, you know, exciting project there at Potsdam. And um, I can see how she would like to still be a part of it. But um, I think it really depends on how the season will go. Yes, I agree. I think, um, you know, obviously Potsdam aren't, kind of out of any sort of battle yet they're amongst those top six teams who are still fighting for everything um there is to to grab this season so maybe they can uh, surprise some of the other teams who knows but uh yeah they are a great team to watch and if Chelsea carries on the form that she's on then um I can see them going quite far this season yes I I can agree to that all right, all right well Laura? Looking at the next game, um, we have Wolfsburg versus Kern. Um, it was Van de Zanden's uh, first significant minutes of the season. So, uh, Yasmina, what did you what did you kind of think about that? And this is really her first time playing in a full game, basically. Yeah, it's a bit tough for her. I think like even though she's been here for a while now, she still hasn't really been able to arrive. Um and it's a tough spot, you know, tough competition. And um, she hasn't really shown as much. You know, I'm not meaning this in a disrespectful way. I'm just saying that, you know, just didn't click yet. And um, I think that uh, our, the coach trusts her and wants her to do well. And it will be a very important season for her as well, considering her contract is running out. So she has to prove something. Um, but, you know, she's she's a good player. You know, I'm not, not debating that. She's one... You can bring in in the last minutes of the game and she's, you know, keeping the defense busy, opening up a lot of space for the other teammates and stuff. And that's important. But, um, yeah, she just needs to be more consistent. Well, um, some other uh, things to look at from this game was that um, Ruud and Huth, both with their second league goals of the season, um, 
I think that that's very impressive for both of them and just for Wolfsburg to have multiple goal scorers rather than just one person scoring all the goals. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's been lacking a bit because we always used to focus on on one player specifically, but now with Harder leaving and Payor being out, the responsibility regarding that, you know, has been lifted to many shoulders and I think that's a good, you know, good learning process for the team as a whole as well. Well, uh, Mel, do you have anything to say about this game? Uh, yeah, I think I'd just like to add that, you know, Svenja Hoot has been, um, she's really kind of stepped up as the leader I think Wolfsburg has needed, considering um, Pior being out. And I think it, it's obviously, you know, maybe given them a little bit of a shake, but I think with, with Hoot kind of really being on the amazing form that she's in now, um, they they're still capable of going really, really far this season. And I think that form can also translate onto the national team for her. Um, Yasmina, what, um, obviously you, you kind of get to see them up close and personal. What do you think of Svenja this season so far? I mean, she's been really important for the past few seasons already. It just didn't, you know, really get much focus because of other players and I think naming her captain this season has really kind of pushed her in a new role that she might have to get used to still because you know personally considering I get to work with her a few times now um, she's never really one to you know criticize in public you know and push the team that way but this season so far she's been one to really speak out you know and I, I really like that because that's exactly what they need. And I, I'm really happy that she's playing this important role. Like she's really appreciated within the team, uh, with the officials. Um, everybody's praising her and, you know, on the pitch as well. Um, she's in the form of her life, I would say. Like she's playing the best football she has. And I'm definitely very sure that this will translate to the national team as well. Like it's already showing. And I'm honestly just very happy for her because... She deserves all the praise she's getting. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, like you said, she she definitely deserves a lot more praise and recognition that she gets. And I, I hope that the the people who are watching will, will really kind of show that to her um, this year as well. All right, moving on to the next game. Eintracht Frankfurt versus SKS Essen. That ended 2-0 in favor of Eintracht. I think the um, Frankfurt really kind of brushed that loss to Hoffenheim off, and um, they kind of kept moving forward. They they seem to be a bit of a um, a breath of fresh air this season. Frankfurt looking very different to what they looked last season. I mean, I thought last season they lacked a little bit of creativity, but now um, obviously starting Martinez more, Santos rejoining the squad after injury. I think Frankfurt have are kind of coming into their own a little bit more. Laura, what, um, what's your take on Frankfurt this season so far? I think Frankfurt have been very impressive this season. I definitely, I think that Martinez was a great signing. Um, and I think that she's really, you know, coming into the squad and she's alleviating some of that pressure on Freigang to be their main outlet up front. Yes, I agree. She's a very creative player, sort of, not not really the player the other team is going to watch when you've got Prashnikar and Freigang up front there to look out for too and really deadly when she gets into the box as well. 
Um, also, you know, if you look, you look at Frankfurt, they're the team that's not got Champions League games to worry about as well. So I think any of the uh, the top five teams should be quite wary of them going into any match. Um, unfortunate loss for Essen there as well. Um, they uh, Essen seems to be a bit of an unusual team this season. They didn't lose as much talent last season as they usually do, but the signings they did make were also sort of very intelligent. But they seem to be struggling a little bit, in my opinion. Um, Yasmina, I don't know if you've uh, you've been keeping an eye on Essen this season, but obviously they uh, they're always that that kind of team that develops their their younger players, and they have some really good stars like uh, Jill Byings scoring goals for them. What do you think uh, Essen needs to do going forward to to sort of keep themselves mid table as they usually are? You know, I, I'm honestly not as worried about Essen considering how young the squad is and how many really young players they have because for for young players, it's very normal to not be as consistent as a player who has been playing in the league for years already. And they're just now getting that experience, you know, and getting used to the level. And I think it's, it's just very normal that, you know, players have their down times and cannot maybe perform on that level for, you know, many games and, I mean, of course, they cannot be happy with the results, but I do think that this is a team you should never rule out and they will get the results eventually. And um, I'm sure they will not have anything to do with relegation and just be in the mid-table again. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, their main goalkeeper, Stina Johanna, she's been out this season on a back injury, which is quite unfortunate for them because I think... Um, you know, she's the kind of keeper who really has that ability to keep them in games. But uh, Jackie Meisner, she's really stepped up and um, as captain as well. And she, she's really leading these young players really well. I've been very impressed with her this season. I think, you know, Jackie is actually another player I would like to see called up to the national team again at some point. I think she's, she's, a brilliant, she's brilliant in defense as well as on the wing. Laura, I don't know if you watch Jackie much, but what do you think about her as a player? Yeah, no, I think I think she's great. From just what I've seen of the the Essen games that I've watched, um, I think she's she's looked like a, a real spark for them. Yeah, definitely. She's she's a fantastic player. Um, but yeah, you know, things looking more or less normal after week five. But um my goodness, week six. Week six has been absolute madness in the league. You know, the, the week of unexpected yet pretty amazing results for some teams. Um, Yasmina, how are you feeling after week six? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, let me think. I'm, I'm actually excited um, because... This game day just showed to me how, you know, even the Bundesliga can be when done right. And that's what we've been asking for for a long time already, you know, uh, for the league to be more competitive. And I think that's exactly what has been proven there. And um, yeah, it just leaves me excited. Yeah, it was it was a pretty crazy week. Um, and as, as a Bayern fan, you know, it was it was a sad end uh, to my weekend. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. But um, definitely some amazing results for some of these uh, these teams who you don't, you know, you don't look at them and expect them to be to be winning these intense games. But let's dive into match week six. The first one already, one of these uh, unexpected results, Fader Bremen versus SKS Essen. Bremen picking up their first win of the season and some very important points for them. Um, Yasmina, Bremen, first win. Quite amazing for them. Yeah, that's that's insane for them. And that's points, you know, that uh, that's really going to hurt Essen in the long run because that's the type of games you need to win. Um, because I, I'm sure like everybody would think that Essen are the favorites heading into this game, but you know, good team effort by by Bremen who have been showing what they can do in some games already. Especially I remember it from the game against Wolfsburg where they've been, you know, a great team fighting together. You know, and if they keep that up, then I think more uh, surprise results are possible for them. And for Essen, it's going to be about make use of your chances. Um, that's a big problem for them this season. Yes, I agree with that. Um, yeah, for Essen. Um, I mean, Essen not really short at the moment in, in terms of talented forwards. It's just, I think, you know, their, their youth showing there a little bit, a little bit of inexperience here and there. But Essen's always also that type of team that'll kind of just pick themselves up. They They learn from mistakes in previous games and, and use that knowledge going forward into the league. Next, SC Freiburg versus Bayer Leverkusen. That one ended in 1-2. Quite a quite a battle, that game. Uh, Laura, what did you think of that one? Yeah, I think it, it was it was an interesting game. Um, I think people kind of expected Leverkusen to come away with the win. Um, but I think, you know, this just furthers Leverkusen's good form that they've been having so far this season that, that they managed to beat Freiburg, um, who have, you know, been also having a pretty good season. Yeah, definitely. And Leverkusen currently sitting in, um, second place on the table. Very, very impressive from them. It's called 13 goals already. Same amount as Frankfurt. But the the question is, you know, can can Leverkusen challenge Barn and Wolfsburg going forward? You know, they haven't faced them yet. If if you know they can take important points off of those two teams, it would very amazing for them. Yasmina, what what do you think? Can Leverkusen keep sort of pushing this form that they have and challenge the top teams? Maybe end up in that third third uh, Champions League spot. I mean. Hmm. Good question again. Um, I do think that they can push the top teams and maybe aim at that third spot. That has to be the goal for them eventually. I think um, I'm, I'm really glad to see that they can, you know, uh, have this good performance again after last season, especially, you know, they made really smart signings, bringing in Friederike Up, for example, who has been a key player for Voicebook for quite some time and has you know, really shown what she can do. And then bringing in another talent like Visan Greve, who I've been watching here in Wolfsburg. Um, just overall a very good team, like very even, very consistent. And I think if they keep it up, I mean, they do have the ambitions to eventually play Champions League. And I think it's going to happen 
sooner than later. And um, yeah, it's just just exciting, a very exciting team to watch. I couldn't agree more. I mean, Leverkusen really kind of have been that one of the biggest surprise teams for me, and they were fighting relegation in 2019 to to finish the season um, fifth place, the 2020-21 season fifth place, and now they're sitting in third yeah. or second on the table. They're uh, they're an impressive and dangerous team, which I think uh, any of the big teams should be watching out for at the moment. And I think it's so amazing to see what small changes can do like prior to the last season they they hired an athletic coach and mm. you know that made the team um have more patience within the game they could could keep up keep up 90 minutes because usually they were you know one of the teams you just keep playing against and eventually they get tired and that's when they concede the goals and that's just not happening anymore and i think that's just you know a nice sign to the other teams as well to invest, you know, into the tiny little important things. Like it doesn't take much to get an athletic coach into the team. And I think that's just, you know, they're really showing that they have ambitions and that they're acting on it. And um, yeah, they, they have my full support on that because that's what I want to see from every team. Agreed. You know, I am. I think I think everybody, even our listeners, can agree with that. The more big clubs really putting that investment into their women's team, even if it's a small step at a time, everything kind of matters at the end of the day. You know that that clubs men's team will have aspirations to be in the Champions League, and I think they should have the exact same aspirations for their women's team as well. Uh, Laura, why don't you take us into the next game? All right. Well. Looking at the next game was SC Zahn versus Turbine Potsdam, which ended in a 1-0 for Potsdam. Um, it was a bit surprising, considering that Potsdam have been scoring a lot of goals, and Sand is at the lower end of the table, and they only beat them 1-0. So, um, what did uh, Mel, what did you have to think about that? Yeah, I think not the most inspiring performance from Potsdam, obviously picking up the, import, the most important three points, but I feel like they... Um, you know, and, and looking at the table now where apparently goal difference is very important and uh, theirs seems to be quite bigger than others, I think. Um, there definitely could have been opportunities to, to score more in this game. Um, Yasmina, what do you what do you think? Do you think Potsdam should have kind of aimed to increase their goal difference in a game like this? I mean, I think at the end of the day, this was the kind of game where they think, like, jumped on three points, we move on. Um, games like this will happen. Like, even in future, it will happen. So I don't think they thought about it too much. And I mean, I do think that Zand are still a team that can defensively, you know, act very well together. And, you know, they fight for each other. And they can make it tough for the opponent. So I think that puts number one still a good sign for them even if it's just one goal that they scored agreed i think if Potsdam can keep picking up points in these uh very important games they could also be fighting for that uh, champions league spot come the second half of the season for sure all right well let's move on to the next game so we have kern versus yena which ended 2-0 for kern and it was definitely a must win kind of game um you know they're they're sitting at the bottom of the table with yena and it was a 2-0 was, you know, pretty impressive. So, uh, Yasmin, what did you think about this? 
yeah, this is the type of games, like I said, that a team like Köln need to win. Or, you know, even could say that Jena has to win these type of games against Köln because obviously they're the teams that went up. So I would say they're still kind of on the same level, but crucial win for Köln. Um, they still still really haven't settled down in the first league, but I do think that, you know, it was to be expected considering that the level between the second division and the first division are like extremely, extremely high. And that's, you know, that's definitely something they struggle with. Um, I do think that they have a very strong team considering the experience they have on the team, but that's not always a promise that you're just going to march through the Bundesliga. And I think that's something they have come to realize now. Yes, I agree. I think um, Köln have, they have a sort of balance of both young and experience on their squad. And I think I, I almost expected them to be sort of a little bit of a surprise come the next season. I think, you know, I think a little bit more time and they could, you know, maybe be in the second half of the season. But for now, you know, they're sitting in ninth, not super comfortably there. There are sort of three teams sitting on four points at the moment. So um, going forward, if as long as they can keep winning important games, then I think, you know, they'll comfortably stay up next season. Okay, and now onto the two big matches of the weekend. Um, both of these games were streamed on Ada Football, which I think is absolutely fantastic for the league. Um, I'm not quite sure when this deal came about, but to see this happening and to see uh, these games available for an international audience is absolutely brilliant, in my opinion. Um, Yasmina, what's uh, what is your take on on you know these these two big games being streamed for sort of everyone to watch? I mean, I would like the whole league to be accessible to the whole world, but you know, it's a good start, especially considering that. These are the teams that kind of are representatives of the league as a whole. And I think it's very important uh, to gain new fans and to make the fans that we already have happy. And yeah, definitely big thanks to Ada Football for getting the Bundesliga on. Mm-hmm. And um, what an interesting two games they got to, they got to stream. So I think <laughs> people really got to get a taste of how competitive the Bundesliga can be. Um. Yeah, Laura. Um, how how do you think yeah. it's kind of looking in the Bundesliga in terms of competitiveness at the moment? Well, I I definitely think if you compare it to previous seasons, this is has to be one of the most competitive seasons. I mean, they've ever had. Normally, you know, you see teams like Wolfsburg or Bayern kind of in that top two, and you know, no one else really challenges them. But just you know, based on these two games, it's clear that it's anyone's anyone's you know title for the taking yes i agree and i think all of these teams are going to be fighting as hard as they can for this title and it's actually very exciting as a fan going forward to see everything so close i mean obviously as a fan of a specific team it kind of makes you nervous especially when you're the title holders but um as a football fan it's it's actually great all right let's uh 
let's take a look at the first of the two games. TSG Hoffenheim versus uh, FR Wolfsburg. Yasmina, I think I'm going to give this one to you, seeing as um, you are our all-knowing Wolfsburg person. <laughs> How is you really this? like to see me suffer, don't you? <laughs> hey, I'm going to be talking about the next one. I, I know all about the suffering. <laughs> Should I just talk about it, or yeah, let let us know. You know your your feelings and your sort of take on mm-hmm. on um, how Hoffenheim came away with the three points for this game. Two very different sides to this game. Like it was the first ever time that Hoffenheim ever gained points in a game against Wolfsburg, and for Wolfsburg, it was the first time since two thousand seventeen. Yeah, that they lost to a, a team other than Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga, and I think that's pretty telling, um, and also really nice facts. But um, yeah, this this was eventually a long time coming because I think that Hoffenheim, you know, obviously they're getting better, better each season, and obviously also getting closer. And they've done pretty much everything right in this game, you know, pressing the Wolfsburg defense line early on. You know, not being afraid to play up front and getting an early goal in. Really important for them and for Wolfsburg, it was the first half was just <laughs> really bad. Like nothing really worked for them. But I think I think that's you know, that's normal. Um obviously big changes happened in Wolfsburg, especially with the new coach coming in and it just needs time and I think people underestimate how big the changes really are. Um, if you think about Stefan Lerch, when he took over, he was already the assistant coach of Ralf Kellermann for years. So nothing really changed back then. And this time, it's completely new. Like, it's a fresh start with a new coach, new ideas. It's new trust that needs to be built. Uh, almost a new team on the pitch and players still having to kind of get into their roles. Other players, I think, a little bit, out of form, haven't really been able to perform 100% yet. So in the end, considering they they had a penalty not given, this was definitely a deserved victory for Hoffenheim and maybe even a little wake-up call for Wolfsburg who haven't been consistent this season yet. And um, yeah, lots to learn for Wolfsburg and definitely a huge confidence boost for Hoffenheim, you know really important for them but I'm also very happy for this team that they managed to pull this one off I agree I mean Hoffenheim have been one of the most exciting teams to watch over the past few seasons their their growth has really been impressive and you know looking at their Champions League game against Arsenal where they lost 4-0 they kind of just seemed to have forgotten that happened going into the league and picking up this win do you do you kind of see Hoffenheim prioritizing the league over the Champions League, maybe? Laura? Um, I I do. Um, I think I think they've maybe you know, they've they've kind of realized the the realities of Champions League and while, you know, they're a great team, it would be very hard for them to go extremely far. Um, as you know, they're likely to get drawn against a Chelsea or a Barcelona. Um so I think that, you know, maybe they're taking it as, you know, a win in the league, um, you know, which we haven't done before is, you know, way more impressive than going decently far in Champions League. I agree. Um, Yasmina, what do you think about that? Do you think Hoffenheim would perhaps be uh, 
prioritizing maybe the league and the pokal over the Champions League this season? I think they absolutely should. And I think that's their priority 100%. I think for the Champions League, it's more about the learning experience for the team and for the players. Because eventually that's experiences that make a player and the team better and they're just enjoying themselves on the biggest stage. And, you know, considering they won against Milan and Rosengard, they've already set their mark and made people aware. So mission already accomplished. And for them now, it's, you know, probably the goal to qualify again. And um, I'm pretty sure they will. Like, I would bet my money on Hoffenheim (laughs) that they can become third or even second again. Oh, I don't know if I would count Frankfurt out just yet. They seem to be on... uh... Yeah, 100%. Like, there's so many teams that I would say have a realistic chance on ending up on that spot. So, definitely very exciting season. And, um, you know, even for Wolfsburg, it will be very tough to retain that second spot. So, um, yeah. I'm excited to see what, what's going to happen because there's just so many teams where I would say, yep, they can do it. But obviously we only have three that can qualify. Yes, me too. And I think the um, the fight for that spot coming near the end of the season is going to be very, very exciting for us to watch. I think one of the – also, you know, just going back to looking at Hoffenheim and, and – um, what they're doing this season. It's just quite amazing to see this kind of mentality from a group of young players. Like, no matter what what game they're playing or who they're playing against, they just kind of look like they're they're going out there and they're, they're really enjoying themselves um, in all of these games. And it's, it's great to see, in my opinion. All right. Well, the last game of the, uh, of the weekend... Bayern Munich versus Eintracht Frankfurt. That game, that game was a bit of a surprise for me. I mean, the the two teams kind of held one another drawless for a while. And um, I think, you know, a, a mix between mistakes and sort of questionable tactics from Bayern really cost them this match, um, in my opinion. Laura... What do you think kind of went wrong for Bayern in this game? Yeah, I I agree that I think I think the tactics were were a little off. Um, I think that was that was kind of probably where Bayern mostly went wrong. But I mean, I also think that they they weren't doing so great, and they they didn't really sub on. Um, you know, exactly probably who they should have as early as they should have. I mean, Sophia Jakobsen didn't play at all. Mm-hmm. And Byron were struggling on the wings. And I'm Maxi Rawl is a great sub. She came on and scored too. But, you know, we also we have a world class winger and we're not playing her. I agree. I think um not seeing Jakobsen playing many minutes at all for Byron is quite concerning for me I mean is she taking a little while to adjust is um you know she's not quite ready yet you know it's, it's, I guess this will, this will be something we'll see when she does play minutes but like you said Maxi Roll coming on scoring two goals getting Byron back into the game as quickly as they got out of it again because Frankfurt you know came right back and decided to score more goals or so, yeah um 
sort of mistakes in the back line that you don't always kind of expect to see from Bayern either. The defense is usually quite solid. Um, and the final 10 minutes of that match, Yasmina, how were the final 10 minutes of that match for you? <laughs> Crazy because I had to change my headline like three times. <laughs> I was actually writing an article about the other results in the league and I constantly had to change it. <laughs> Bayern Frankfurt, Bayern Frankfurt. I mean, just to add to that Sophia Jakobsen question, I, I really don't get it either because she's she's an easy player for games like this playing on the wings you know feeding plays in the box or being the player in the box that gets fed with headers and um or crosses um, i just don't understand it like i don't think she needs time to adjust i think she fits right into into the team so it doesn't really make much sense to me but then again i'm not close enough to the team to really judge mm-hmm. Um, I think for Bayern, what I find really unusual is the fact that they did manage to push the lead over 90 minutes and then fall out like that close to the end. That's not something I've seen from them in quite a while. And I think that's something they really need to take a look at because that's what makes a team the best, in my opinion, to win games like this and pushing the result over time. and. Yeah, I hope that they learn from this. Not going to be easy considering they face Frankfurt in the cup mm. next. Um, it's going to be quite challenging, not just on the pitch, but probably also uh, from a mental perspective. But I do think they can do it. Yeah, so I, yeah I agree. I definitely think just looking at Bayern's next few matches... It's gonna, you know, be interesting to see how they how they turn this around. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Bayern have very intense matches coming next with um, Frankfurt in the cup. Then they they face Lyon, then they face Wolfsburg, and then they face Lyon again. So, um, to see how they're kind of going to to look at these matches will be quite interesting. You know, is Bayern going to have to end up? prioritizing certain things over others which is obviously not what I'd like to see from a team I'd kind of like to see them go all the way but Bayern in my opinion have a little bit of a thin squad at the moment because of of both injuries and kind of player numbers that they do have is is this sort of fatigue starting to show maybe um Laura what do you think I I think maybe a little bit um I think with there being a Champions League group stage that does mean more matches than clubs are used to playing, um, even ones who are regularly in Champions League. So I think that, you know, and there's a lot of international games happening right now too, and most of Byron's squad goes away for those and, you know, plays, you know, 180 minutes. They play both games, you know, they play the full time. So that 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 could also, you know, be adding to their fatigue. But I think Byron made some good signings to the – like Maxi Rawl, who can come on as a sub and, and score goals for them. Um, I think that that will definitely help with this fatigue. Yes, I agree. Um, you know, and, and sort of in terms of fatigue in general, Yasmina, do you think that any um, any of the teams are starting to show that at the moment, you know, playing all of these games, including Champions League? Yeah, I think you can probably see it with every team that plays in the Champions League. And like in the past few years, around this time, we all always had games where where the first game was a very clear result and then the second game you could just rotate almost the whole squad 
because it was you know just didn't matter anymore now you don't have that like every point counts in the group stage and and then you also have injuries happening um like you have no influence on that it just happens and then you're left with a player less and I think a lot of teams have to deal with that especially Bayern and and Wolfsburg as well and then it's not going to get any easier and I think that's a challenge for every team that plays um, Champions League and um, will probably be a big factor in the whole season. I agree and I think I think the winter window is going to be extremely important for these teams as well to kind of bring in bring in fresh players to to rejuvenate their squads going into the second half of the season. But yes, Laura, you mentioned the uh, the international break now, so I figured we'd have a little discussion on the latest uh, national team call-up list. And of course, you know, the match today against Israel, not the greatest match we've seen from the German national team. I think no, no matter how, how much they kind of knocked on the door of the uh, Israeli goal, they just couldn't uh, couldn't manage to score today. Um, Asmina, why do you think that is? Why do you think they uh, they struggled so much today? I think that's a question they probably ask themselves after this game because they've mm-hmm. been so very dominant and they had so many chances and yeah they just didn't manage to score I, I don't really know a specific reason I think we had a good good starting 11 on the pitch made made good subs so there should have been more goals, yeah, 100%. But I also think the way Debut's scored, tried to score the penalty, that's, you know, she, she needs to do better in that case. And, um, yeah, I just hope that they, you know, take a lesson from this and be a bit more efficient in the next game. Yes, I agree. Um, you know, another thing I kind of look at, at at the squad is that there's always a lot of shuffling around. There's there's never really anything set in stone. I mean, other than sort of Malafons as the uh, the number one goalkeeper, it's it's kind of tough to say who else has that um, assured starting position on the team. Laura, what uh, what is your take on that? Yeah, I definitely think there's been a lot of shuffling. Um, I think I've noticed that that Schuler's kind of in the nine um, a lot more recently, even though I'd love to see her and Laura at the same time. Um, it's very clear that that's probably never going to happen in the near future. Um, and I definitely think like their midfield rotation is very interesting because Germany has a lot of you know world class midfielders, mm-hmm. and so it's interesting you know to see how they how they kind of have to rotate between. Marajan and De Brits and Leopold's. It's just it's, you know, interesting to see that. Of course. I mean you've also you've also got, you know, other midfielders sort of sitting on the bench. I mean you've got you've got Shikaniskan on your team, but you're playing her in defense, which is something that's quite confusing to me because in my opinion, Shika is far better utilized in the midfield. But um obviously, you know, you've got players like Marajan, De Brits, Dalman, Magul. That's there's a lot of midfielders to choose from there, so <laughs> it's tough. You know, it's tough as a coach to say, okay, you know, you, you, and you start, but um, you know, you're going to be playing somewhere else, but you're getting minutes, so <clears throat> it's, it just uh, doesn't doesn't make it easier for the player. I think if you if you yeah. have a position set in the team in the league, and then you come to the national team and you have a whole like a whole different role to play 
I don't think it's always that easy. And I think for for Stecklenburg, you know, she really just needs to finally make decisions and then mm-hmm. stick to it because there's not much time left. There's not much more time to, you know, experiment and try to figure things out. Like now is the time to really set on a, even if it's just four players, you say, you know, that's my base and I built a team around it. It just needs to happen soon. And then you can build around it and really, you know, get get the trust going the way you have you the way you want to play. But I just don't see that right now. It's like never really consistent in my opinion. I definitely agree about consistency. I think um you know Germany will have one great game and then they'll have a game where they kind of look like they're they're struggling to connect as a team. So yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully we start to see some improvements in that regard, sort of approaching the Euros. They uh they are coming soon. So I would like to see Germany, you know, at least a, a starting eleven sort of set in stone and, and ready to go for that tournament because I think it's going to be uh, quite a difficult one for the team. Questions and answers. Laura, would you like to do the questions and answers for us? All right. Well, um, we, we sent out a tweet asking for some listener questions. So um, the first one we have is from Killens, I, Killensland. I apologize. I do not pronounce your Twitter username correctly. Um, but our first question is, is it hard for a journalist to persuade a news outlet to cover women's football? This is for you, Yasmina. Uh, when I first started, yes. But now I think there are many options and many websites that focus on women's football and where you can start off. But one thing I noticed recently for me personally is, I don't know if you remember, but I was asking about uh, looking for a news outlet that would like to uh, publish my uh, interviews and stories in English. (laughs) And I did have quite a few DMs from websites who would, would like to publish my stuff but when I asked them like do you cover women's sports already in general and I looked at the website and there was nothing so I think that's still a big issue in general not just regarding women's football and um, as long as we don't have like a general good coverage of women's sports this is always going to be a struggle yeah um definitely So our next question, um, and this can be for anyone, um, this is from our good friend Jack, who runs his own um, Frauen um, Bundesliga podcast. Uh, It's, does Rita Schumacher have the potential to become a future star, um, as in his opinion, she's the best player at Jena right now? Mel, do you want to talk about this? Um, Sure, I think, you know... Uh, Schumacher is still a young player, but she seems to to really be shining this season for Jena, and um, she's scoring important goals for the side. I'd, I kind of like to see the club sort of uh, playing around her a little more. I think that could be quite important for Jena going into the rest of the season. Um, Yasmina, what is your opinion on Schumacher this season so far? Um, I think it's how you would define future star. Do I think that she can be a Bundesliga player, a good Bundesliga player in future with more potential? Absolutely. And um, 
I think it's it's quite impressive to see how she's adjusting to that level. Um, I've been watching her in Westbrook's second team for the past years, where she was a key player and a starting player, and um, I did not expect her to pick up on that in the Bundesliga right away, but she's definitely already a key player for Jena, which is good. She's scoring goals, she's assisting, so she pretty much set a good base for herself to uh, grow on. And um, yeah, if she if she keeps doing well, uh, I, I do see her getting picked up by another Bundesliga team for the next season. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think she's been that bright spot for Yena this season so far. And I could see, especially um, with Yena being at the bottom of the table, if they do get relegated, that she would be one of the players that would get picked up. So moving on to our next question from at Anu Nada. Um, what do you feel should be the top priority area for next improvement or like investments in the Frauen Bundesliga? That's a good question. Mm, I think general support for the clubs in general uh, needs to be a priority to make sure that every team has good locker rooms, good conditions for training, good pitches. And uh, to make sure that every team um, is able to help their players make a living just by playing. Um, I don't think we should think about about anything else for as long as this is still an issue within the league. And it definitely is. Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think in, I mean, in, uh, going back to what we were talking about with... Um, games being on TV, um, I mean, the more and the better broadcast deals that the Frauen Bundesliga can get, that's, you know, a huge source of huge source of revenue for teams is is broadcast deals. So I think that um, one of their priorities should really be trying to get broadcast deals with, um, you know, countries that are, that are not Germany, where they can bring in some extra revenue that can then go to those teams so they can improve their conditions. I think for that, we need to make sure that in Germany we have a good deal because I don't know if you if you read that, but when the DFB announced that Magenta is now um, live streaming every single game of the league, they also mentioned that they are covering parts of the production cost to make that happen, which kind of tells me that maybe Magenta or Telekom was not all in it from the beginning and DFB had to push and kind of be like, okay, we cover parts of the costs. So I think, you know, even though that's obviously a great thing that we now have all the games, I still think there are quite a few questions that need to be asked in future. And um, I also think that it should be available for everyone. Um, and it's still a struggle. Like, um, you know, getting a subscription abroad is, is, is a struggle for some. And um, yeah, that's just not a good look in my opinion. But like I said, very happy we get to see all the games. Um, just glad I don't have to cover games just by reading a live ticker anymore. <laughs> mm. Because that's just, you know, just thinking about that, that I had to, that I struggled to do my job covering this league, wanting to give this league a platform, but I had to cover games at home by just reading a live ticker where it just says Alexandra pop shot on goal. What, what can I make of that? So... 
the fact that we can now watch is, is awesome, but I still think that we have a long way to go. Yeah, I definitely agree. So um, moving on to our next question from at Mark J. Wallace. Um, so for both of you, really, what do you think is the optimum size a women's league should be as investment grows? Can you see them eventually mirroring the men with 18 to 20 team divisions? Um, or do you think they'll remain smaller? Um, also, I know Spain is 18 teams. Um, I think, you know, if I look at the, the you know, sort of first going into the the from Bundesliga, the main league itself, is that I don't think, they, you know, they're quite ready for expansion. And if I, if I sort of look at the table as it is, there's there's quite a gap between, you know, the top six and then the bottom six. So I think, yes, adding more teams would, would you know, make the bottom of the table more competitive. I think what needs to happen first is that the the rest of the table is able to, you know, com- compete with with the top. Yeah. I mean first shout out to Mark, really great guy. Um but but I couldn't couldn't agree more and I, I look at teams who could possibly be added to the league and right now there's not a team where I'd say they're ready as well. Also in, in terms of investment and, you know, financially stable being a financially stable. But in future we probably have Borussia Dortmund, Schalke, Leipzig, Hamburg all wanting to come up and if that's the case it might be a possibility but um yeah the gap between the teams in the league right now is is still way too big to to consider that all right well moving on to our next question from at jackie's martins this is why do you think the frown bundesliga is more competitive than previous seasons so far that's really an interesting question. I think it sort of takes us back to investment, you know, Leverkusen investing more, Frankfurt sort of coming into their own after the merger with Eintracht, um, Hoffenheim uh, playing these more competitive games and learning in uh, in Champions League games too. So I think that um, all of these teams are building and growing into into teams that want to, you know, eventually compete for, for the Champions League itself at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, that's my opinion on it. Um, Yasmina, do you want to? Yeah, 100% that. And from a sporting perspective, just like we said already, the Champions League group stage um, plays a huge role because the teams who do not play Champions League right now, like Frankfurt or Potsdam, um, they can easily, you know, take advantage of that, of a tired Wolfsburg or Bayern side and, yeah, that's that's like I said, going to play a huge role this season and probably um, be the reason for a lot more surprise surprising results. All right, so we have another question from Jackie's Martins, and this is how is Rhodes' role for Wolfsburg different from how she was used at Arsenal, and how does it benefit her game? Yasmina, I'll kind of let you take this one. In my opinion, it's just the fact that she has way more freedom. Um, she's a player who also needs the freedom to kind of get her game going. And she likes to cut in the box. She likes to, to, you know, to keep the ball. She likes to have possession. And the whole Wolfsburg game is is kind of revolving around that. And you can tell that she's having a lot of fun on the pitch as well. And I think the move for her was great. She's a key player already. She's scoring the important goals. And, um, yeah, I think... I didn't see many games at Arsenal, so I can't really 
tell in detail what's changed, but I think the fact that she has a lot more freedom here is really um, benefiting her. All right. And our last question from Jackie's Martins is, who has been your player of the season so far in the Bundesliga? Ismina, why don't you start us off? That's tough to say because it's still early, but a huge fan of the work Leah Schiller is doing. Like That's going to be her season. Um, she's really, you know, very consistent now. I think that's been lacking a bit in the past. And yeah, definitely my player of the season so far. Yeah, I think I'm gonna agree with Yasmina and say uh, Leah Schiller for sure. She's she's on top of the the goal scoring list at the moment, and um, she's taken a little while to kind of find her feet at Bayern. But now that she has, I think uh, I think she can stay on top of that goal scoring list if uh, if things keep going well for the team. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with both of you in that um, Schuler has been one of the best players uh, so far this season. But I, you know slightly biasedly would like to shout out Maxi Raw and how she's Bayern's second top scorer and they really brought her in to be a defender. I just think that's that's very impressive. And she's doing this from the bench. I just I think that no one else I think has made a bigger impact for their team than Maxi Raw has. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. Definitely. And then considering that she came from Hoffenheim and then made the jump to Bayern. Usually that takes time and she just didn't need time. She's been right there and I think it's awesome to see. She's the type of player that will always start on my team, if you ask me. Always. Mm -hmm. I agree and I think I would have really liked to see her get another call up to the national team as well. Um, you know, Max is another player who can she can play in multiple positions on the pitch. She can play at defense. She can play on the wing. She can play in the mid. She's just one of those super reliable players that you can kind of call on and if you're in a bit of a pinch, and you know, she'll be there. All right. So our next question is from at John One with, and um, there's a newer fan here who's a big Essen supporter, but they would really like some content context on the history of Frankfurt. And just, you know, how their past success is incredible, but they're still considered a surprise team this year. Well, um, I mean, just a little bit that Frankfurt have historically been the best team in the Bundesliga. Um, the, you know, they've won the Champions League. They've had players like Marjan and Prinz and, you know, they've historically been one of the best teams. But I think their investment kind of really dropped off in the in the recent years and this merger with Eintracht Frankfurt is, um, you know, increasing that investment and kind of bringing them back to a top team. Yeah. Nothing to add there, really. And I, I also wouldn't really consider them a surprise team this year. I already thought they were really good last season, just really underestimating themselves last season. But now they're really... They have a lot of confidence and they're going to play a huge role on top on top this season, I'm very sure. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the, I mean, to me, the main the main thing is this uh, financial support for Eintracht is really um, transforming them into a, a team that kind of wants to start fighting for uh, titles again, both in league and Champions League. I mean, as they should. The fact that they, <laughs> the fact that they didn't, didn't reach the Champions League spot last season was kind of a disappointment I would say because mm -hmm. that 
that's the ambitions they need to have, considering the name and the abilities they have in Frankfurt. And it's just a big change for the players who are now professionals. I think they were before, but probably not as good as now. And the facilities, you know, they got more doctors. Um, it's just, yeah, definitely they need to be on top. There's no excuse. <laughs> yeah. All right. So our last question of the pod is from at 50 plus donor. What do you think are the biggest reasons Leverkusen and Frankfurt are tied for the for first right now with Bayern? Um, I think taking advances of Champions League fatigue. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, Wolfsburg, Bayern, Hoffenheim are, uh, you know, they've got to balance all of these games and the other teams are seeing that they're, you know, they're possibly tired. There's these areas where the bigger teams are struggling and, you know, having fresh legs on their side is, is a big advantage for them. And they're also really good. And it was just <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, like, also really you know, good. <laughs> it's not for me it's not just that they're taking advantage, it's just that they're really good. And I think this has been coming for Frankfurt and Leverkusen. If you look at the results from the past season, this has been coming. Like this was definitely something I expected ahead of the season. All right, well, uh, thanks to everyone who sent in, sent in questions. Um, and now we're kind of going to dive into the next part of the podcast, and we are going to look at contracts um, from some of the teams and just, you know, look at how many contracts, you know, are expiring in 2022 from these teams. And it's, it's very interesting um, to see how many, just how many, because when you compare it to the men's game, there's usually not this many players with contracts expiring. And I think a lot of this has to do with that players in the women's game um, usually sign a lot shorter contracts. So we're going to be moving on into our first team, which is Bayern Munich. So uh, Mel, do you have anything to say about Bayern's contracts and that they have nine players expiring and a lot are very important? Yeah, Bayern have some extremely key players expiring at the end of this season. I mean, they've got their number one goalkeeper, their captain. Um, really vital players for them on the way out. And um, I think for me, personally, sort of the, the most crucial player, in my opinion, that they, they need to extend is Magul. And um, she's been very, very important for them. And of course, taking on that, captain role in the team after uh, Leopold's um, left uh, has been it's it's been very impressive that she's uh, stepped up into this position um, Yasmina what do you think you know all the all the buying contracts expiring at the end of this season who do you think should be the most important for them to kind of keep hold of going into the next season yeah, <clears throat> I agree with you. It has to be Lina Magor. And I also have no doubt in mind that she's uh, she's definitely, definitely going to stay. She found her home at Bayern. Um, she she kind of grew into that role of a captain and leader. And she has improved her game a lot. And she's a very crucial player for them on and off the pitch. And yeah, that needs to be the top priority. But I also think that Gwyn Buell, Mm. Berenstein, I don't know about Berenstein. I think it, it depends on the playing time she gets, but Buell and Gwyn and um, Hegering, 
Zimon are all going to be players that will probably stay where they will try and keep them. Um, Rudelic, I'm, I'm not so sure where they stay with her and what if, if it kind of met their expectations from both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, maybe you can tell me a little bit more about what what what's your gut feeling? Yeah, I think with Rillich, unfortunately, you know, she came over and then picked up a, a very, very, uh, very bad injury, which hasn't been great for her because I think she really could have been that that player who who could have played if if our forwards, you know, ran into any trouble. Um, obviously, Sydney Loman and uh, Karina Veniger both renewing early, which is fantastic news for the team. I think Veniger is is just that player that's going to be with Bayern forever and that's it's a uh, it's it's really great um but you know as as players who might um kind of decide to head out uh Bjergenstein I think I think she she wants to show that she's she can go for a national team starting spot as well and you know maybe she will want to play in a in a league that's kind of more exposed to to the general public Laura what do you think yeah, um, I definitely. I think out of out of everyone, I think uh, I think Riddlech and um, Bierenstein are probably the most likely to not renew a contract with Bayern. Um, I definitely think um, on on Riddlech point, I I think it was a bit of a panic buy from Bayern, um, in that Schuler hadn't quite reached you know her full potential last season around the winter um, window, and they had a lot of injuries. And they didn't, you know, a lot of injuries in the front line. And so they didn't know if they were going to have a consistent goal scorer. And so they picked up, you know, the best one that they could. Um, so I, I would find it unlikely um, that that she would get extended as well as um, I agree that I think Bierenstein might try to go to a bit more of an accessible league. Yeah, indeed. and I think um, looking at Bankoff, I mean, she she just seems like the type of player who, who would stay at Bayern. She seems quite happy there, but... I suppose we, you never know with goalkeepers. They she could want to move, she could want to try something new. Um, in that case, I hope uh, Byron has a you know a backup plan. But yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how I'm looking at uh, at Byron at the moment in terms of contract extensions. All right. Well, um, moving on to our next team, we have Hoffenheim, who only surprisingly have six players who are expiring. Um, so Mel, who do you think is, you know, kind of that key player that Hoffenheim need to, um, make sure that they extend? Oh, Krambiger. I know she's been injured this season, but she is, she's an absolutely fantastic player to watch. She's, she's got so much energy and her ability on the pitch is, is so impressive. And you know, I actually hope to see her back soon, but yes, I think, uh, Krambiger is extremely important for Hoffenheim and, uh, I hope to see them extend her uh, in the future because I think they're going to need a player like her sort of continuing continuing on this Champions League path that they're on. Um, Yasmina, what do you think about uh, Hoffenheim? Who is important for them? Yeah, I agree that it has to be Kumbige. Um, she She's not just important for, for Hoffenheim, but also has a very bright future in the national team. Like I'm very sure of that. She has everything that it needs to be an incredible player. And I'm, I'm very sad that she got injured so early on in her career. But 
Um, I'm very sure that once she's back, she will play a key role again. Yes, definitely. Um, right, moving on to Wolfsburg. Um, Yasmin, I think I'm going to give this one to you. You, uh, you have some great insight into what uh, what might be going on behind the scenes at Wolfsburg at the moment. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure everyone would love to hear about what's happening there. Yeah, I, I actually can give some insight on on what the plans are. We have um, I'm short um, exploring next season, and I know that. The club, the club has been telling her that they would like to continue working with her and same with uh, Dominic Jansen, which is probably going to be the biggest worry for the club. Um, Schult, obviously, very important for the team on and off the pitch. She's been here for, for years already and I think that she will be very interested in staying as well with Dominic Jansen. I, I don't know. She's obviously a top defender and um, probably also on the radar of top teams abroad, but she just became captain in Wolfsburg. They trust her. They they see the future in her. And uh, with Schult and Jansen, I think they will continue talks close to Christmas and see where that goes. Um, Anna Bless is also expiring, but I don't, don't quote me on that, but I think Lara Diekmann said that they plan on moving to Switzerland next year, which hmm. kind of tells me that Lesser might call it quits after obviously in a fantastic career, won it all. Mm-hmm. Um, an absolute legend for the club. Then we have Lotta Cordes, a nice, promising talent expiring, and Janice van der Zanten. And with them, it, it, it kind of depends. I, I mean, I already mentioned this that it's an, a crucial season for van der Zanten, but also for Cordes. And they kind of, I think, want to see. You know how they how they improve the season, and it's uh, they're still going to wait in terms of you know should we continue working together or not? And um, yeah, I think uh, we 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 won't see any news in that regard until next year probably. All right, so moving on to our next team, which is uh, Turbine Potsdam. They have 12 players whose contracts expire in 2022, which is quite a lot of players. That's that's almost half a team right there. Um, so just kind of uh, looking at this, I personally think that um, Churchy is obviously the most important one um, who's going to expire. Um, I think that if they don't retain her, as we kind of talked about before, she's their main goal scorer. Um, and she could, you know, potentially uh, go to, you know, another league. Um, but I think that it is, she is their key player that they need to try to retain. Um, Yasmin, do you have anything you want to say about Potsdam? I agree that, that she's going to be the player that they need to extend. But I also think that it's kind of a dangerous situation for them that her contract is running out. Because as we know, transfer fees are kind of becoming a thing. Uh, in women's football, and I think she's the type of player uh, top teams would pay for. So I think that they will mm-hmm. set everything they have on extending that contract, on you know, presenting her with with a nice, attractive project, you know, <laughs> with a plan on on where they will be in the next few years, where they want to be. And I think things are looking good right now. And like I said earlier on in the podcast, um, she will have, she will probably have to and want to play um, Champions League. And if they cannot provide that in the near future, then 
I think she would move on, but right now I think they can be pretty optimistic that she says, okay, I'm going to stay, I'm going to help build this team. Uh, I see the potential and want to help reach the goals. I agree. I mean, um, Tabina really does have that potential to uh, to compete, and, and I hope that they can they really focus on this project and um, keep it keep it kind of um, going forward. That would be really nice to see from them. All right, Bayer Leverkusen have fourteen players extending. Now that's quite a lot for a team that you know is sitting in second place in the league at the moment. I am. Um, Almost expecting them to start seeing extensions from them from them soon. They have uh, you know Baron Loan, uh, Yulia Polak there, and you know whether she decides to stay or go back to Bayern kind of depends on on Bayern. But um, looking at looking at Leverkusen, there's there's a lot of players here who are very important. You got uh, Nina Brugman, um who is uh, quite vital for them in defence. So, uh, Yasmina, what do you think? Do, do Leverkusen need to focus on renewing as many players as they can, or do they need to focus on bringing in new talent to uh, keep their their aspirations? I think it's going to be a mix of both. Um, I think Vida and Kuga, for example, are already playing a, an important role this season, and I don't think there's a reason not to try it. And there are just two players where I say, okay, you know, they should probably extend. But I think nowadays you never know what opportunities come up. And I think Leverkusen do have a realistic chance of, of, you know, bringing in players you would not expect that they have the chance on getting. So it's definitely going to be an interesting transfer window for them. Um, not just this winter, but also next summer. And I'm... I'm yeah, I'm excited to see what they do because I do think that, you know, even if they extend all of them, they're going to be great. But also if they bring in new talent, I don't think there will be any trouble of the new talent coming in adjusting right away because the mix is just that good right now. Yeah, I agree. I think Leverkusen are very exciting projects and I really do hope they, they continue on this path that they're on at the moment and, and keep being that a team that people are going to to want to watch to see what uh, what they're going to do next. And um, yeah, then we have uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, who have also fourteen players whose contracts expire at the end of the season, and really, really big news. You know, the, the main core of their team um, are uh, are uh, running out of contracts and. Obviously, uh, Laura Freigang has just renewed until twenty twenty five. That's that's big, you know. That's huge for a women's uh, a, a a women's player to to sign such a big contract. It it shows that she believes in the club's project, which is, I think, going to kind of be the start to seeing some of these other players renewing as well. Uh, Laura, what do you think? Um, Yasmina, do you want to still, see to give your I'm take? I don't know where our Laura has gone. <laughs> Should I just continue? Yeah, if you want to chat about maybe um, Frygang being that kind oh, of lead into it, the other players. It says Laura is offline, so I'm just going to continue. Yeah, I agree that, that 
Laura Freigang uh, renewing until 25 is, is a huge deal, not just for the club, but for the league as a whole, because I know that she has gained a lot of interest from uh, international fans as well. And that's pretty telling that she, she must be on the radar of top teams as well, most likely. And yeah, that's a good sign to send to the other players. I mean, you have Santos, Kleinheane, Nusken, Matisse and Feiersinger, Martinez, all expiring as well. And that's players you want to keep. 100% players you want to have in your squad and having Freigang there, you know, setting an example of signing a, a long contract because that's, as we mentioned already, very unusual nowadays but I do think it's going to become more usual, especially because transfer fees are becoming a thing, so the fact she committed her future to Frankfurt and the project and the league um, is definitely going to help them uh, Laura, you're cutting out a little bit um okay uh i'll go now yes i agree i think um in terms of the league itself yes Freigang staying in the uh Frau bundesliga is very important for the league you know a player like that that international clubs are looking at as well might you know continue to make the bundesliga look more impressive to players outside of it as well so yeah and um I think we're going to, what we're going to do is kind of cut these uh, contract chats in half. Um, next time, obviously, diving into the teams who kind of lose those big names every season to uh, to to both sort of the top clubs and the uh, and international clubs. So um, I think the, the next episode, talking about them is going to be quite a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah. Um, Jasmina, thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate uh, that you've come on and uh, have a talk with us. Thank yeah, you thank so much you so for much. inviting me. That was indeed a lot of fun. <laughs> I think a very sort of insightful uh, episode. So, yes, um, to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Um, you can find me on, on Twitter at AngieBanana01 or Laura at uh, Frieda Wolfers or, of course, um, Football Engine where the episode will be uploaded as well as on uh, Spotify too. So thank you to everyone for listening today. We uh, we do appreciate you. Um, take care and goodbye.